TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. On Monday, May 15th, Chicago will see a new mayor sworn in and all members of the city council sworn in as well. There will be just over a dozen new alder persons and it will be one of the most diverse councils ever. This weekend, you're going to hear from three of the new voices who will be on the council floor. It's a new day. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Well, thanks to retirements, resignations, and a few court cases, the 2023 City Council may have a substantially different look and feel to it from the last group, and this week we're going to give you just a taste of what's in store. Joining me in alphabetical order are former prosecutor Bill Conway. He'll be alderman of the 34th Ward, which was radically redrawn. It was the South Side domain of alderwoman Carrie Austin, who faces federal bribery charges. The ward has been relocated. Next is Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, a business owner and grassroots political organizer. She was elected to represent the 48th Ward, where incumbent Alderman Harry Osterman is retiring. She'll be only the third Asian American ever elected to the council and the first Filipina. Uh, finally, community organizer Ronnie Mosley is the new alderman in the greatly redrawn 21st Ward, where Alderman Howard Brookins is retiring. Uh, Mr. Mosley is no stranger to the political world. He has, in fact, been very politically active and helped coordinate and, and coordinated campaigns for several other people. And finally got one in for himself, and here he is. So, uh, and thanks to all three of you uh, for joining me. Uh, we are conducting this uh, video, uh, this by Zoom video conferencing. And uh, I guess I'll sort of ask a, a one basic question now that it's all over. And gosh, for some of us, it seems like the campaign season has been on forever. Uh, is it a time where you're sighing with relief or anxiety with everything that's uh, about to come up? And uh, uh, Lenny, let's start with you. Well, I am very grateful that the campaign season is over and we can turn the page and like you said look forward to a new day and for all of us that are going to be new on city council it's forming our teams hiring our staff finding office space all the nuts and bolts of actually starting something new it's kind of like a, a small business a, a startup in a way and every single one of us are going to do it in our own ways reflecting the needs of the constituencies that we serve. Ronnie Mosley, uh, again, you're, you know, you, you know your way around City Hall pretty much, but uh, uh, what's the feeling as you got through uh, and, and got through a, a tight runoff? 
It's been very helpful. Uh, I'm extremely honored to be the next leader of the 21st Ward. Um, and I said that I campaigned saying I'll be ready on day one. Well, my day one has already started. Uh, literally in orientation, uh, I broke away to meet with Walmart and they gave the unfortunate news that they were closing uh, a super site in my ward. And so it's these real issues of how are folks going to get groceries? Where are they going to uh, go see a doctor? Where are they just going to get their general items for? Uh, from that I already have to address even before <laughs> taking the oath of office. Oh, and, we're, and we'll talk a little bit about that kind of development or lack of it uh, as we get along. Bill Conway, uh, I know I, I saw just before we started taping an announcement from you that you've hired a chief of staff. So uh, yeah, you're hitting the ground running as well. Yeah, well, Craig, I would I would echo that that we hit the ground running, but I'm not sure I'm not sure we've ever stopped. You know, since the campaign, have continued going to community meetings, meeting with uh, meeting with the police commanders, meeting with community leaders, still meeting with residents. Have a bit of a unique situation as you as you highlighted in the 34th Ward, in the sense that we are not um, you know we're not inheriting anything. It's a it is a brand new ward, um, you know, a, a ward that's moved give or take. 15 miles to the north. Uh, and as a result of that, we have both the challenges and opportunities to build an entirely, entirely new, you know, new setup, including bringing on uh, an experienced chief of staff, which I'm very excited about. And, you know, let, let me uh, ask you and, uh, and, and Ronnie Mosley about this, because essentially you guys are trading turf uh, between your wards. Uh, Ronnie, this is not just a matter of you getting to know a newly created ward, I think probably the people in the in the ward have to get to know that ward too. I mean, you know, it, it's probably going to be difficult for them to even know where to go and what what's where. Uh, how do you handle something like that? Communication. Um, what's interesting is this is history repeating itself. So Wilson Frost, who's was the beloved alderman of the 34th Ward, was first elected as alderman of the 21st Ward. He did good works, uh, the population increased, and the 34th Ward came to the south side. Now that we've had this decrease, it's gone to uh, Mr. Conway, uh, but I think it makes us an extremely strong ward. We are the largest ward of Black voters uh, that's provoked by population and by turnout. And so I'm going to leverage that power to make sure that we get the, the resources that improve our quality of life. And Bill Conway, what what's what are the challenges for you in your area with a, a new ward, new constituents, and constituents getting yeah. a new administration? No, the the 34th ward, you know, it was was previously um, you know divide up among six different uh, different alder persons, you know, to now it includes uh, the Loop and and West Loop, South Loop, Greektown, and, and Little Italy as well. Um, so because of that, it's, it is, uh, it is, it's, you know, it can be its own, uh, community now in a way. And because of that, we're really focused on making sure that we can bring cohesive constituent services to that, making sure that what we're doing as far as responsiveness and street cleaning and tree trimming and development response and bringing, and bringing a, uh, cohesive process to that method. And in instead of having a lot of disparate process of different and well-meaning alders who had a different way of doing things. So it's a, it is a, it is both a challenging and exciting to be able to do that. 
And now for you, uh, Lenny, uh, it, I would think what people are looking for is continuity you know, because you, you are taking over a ward that is existing, but obviously they want some, someone new. Uh, so how do you give them the dependability that they probably uh, expected and also take it to another level? Yeah, so the 48th ward or the, the great 48th is how some people refer us to is is a, a very densely populated, very diverse ward. Some of our schools have over 40 languages spoken. We have Asia on Argyle and we have the largest population of LGBTQ people in our ward. In terms of continuity, I, I understand that transition periods are often um, uh, uh, hard for everyone. What is going to, what is facing us? What's going to change? Am I going to be taken care of? And I want to assure everybody um, that Harry Osterman and I, the current sitting alder person is that we are working together so that we can continue many of the uh uh, projects that he started, um, including um, making sure that everybody is getting the constituent services that they need, and also understand that it's not just the alder person that sits in the role of providing constituent services, it is also the ward superintendent. So there are things that are in place already in the 311 system um, that a new administration in my office will will be able to have access to that where we will provide the services that um, that we're accustomed to having here in the ward um, and and that's really why people chose me because I am a mother I'm a small business owner and I'm a queer woman of color and all of those things factor into wanting everybody to get all of the services that they deserve and provide them in a way that is timely and is accessible to all. Yeah and you bring up a, a, a good point that I also did want to address about how your background figures into how you will also help lead that uh, that ward. Ronnie Mosley, what in your background makes you uh, the the ideal choice for your ward? I've had the opportunity to work in with every level of government and an award such as vast as mine, it goes five miles, uh, has seven of the 77 community areas of Chicago. I'm gonna need every bit of resource uh, to make sure that I'm delivering the, the quality of life. I've worked for Alderman Michelle Harris, and she has taught me what it means, what it means to be a great alderman uh, that is rooted in service. And that's what folks are expecting you to deliver. Your first and primary job is to expedite city services, but also just the partnerships uh, of working with so many folks um, that impact government. You know, my office is going to be a place where folks are going to get answers and results. We're not going to just direct people to other folks' offices because we have the relationships that will now be partnerships that uh, we can get those answers and results there. Okay, and Bill Conway, talk about how your background uh, uh, helps you uh, hit the ground running as you already have. Yeah, you know, like like my colleagues here, I, I think I bring a, a unique perspective to city council. Uh, as someone that was a was a prosecutor in the state's attorney's office, as you mentioned, you know, currently a, a Navy intelligence officer uh, in the reserve now, but uh, a veteran as well. Uh, I've been an adjunct finance professor at, at, at DePaul for a long time. 
and uh, and like uh, Lenny, am a father of uh, of young children as well. I have three very young children that I'm raising in our city as well, and I think that uh, I bring that perspective to the council as as all of us have have our lived experiences that that we can provide uh, expertise on on the various challenges our city faces. And uh, let's talk about what your your voters are sending you to do. Uh, uh, Lenny, for first you, I mean, what were you hearing from the voters when they were saying, yeah, we want you and here's what we want you to do when you get there? So I, I've been an Andersonville resident for 20 years. My small business has been there for 20. And my ward, the 48th, also includes Edgewater and Uptown. And while I was canvassing all over the ward, people were telling me how much they love the ward, the proximity to the lakefront, the accessibility to the transit, the schools, the small shops. But what they want is to not only be able to take advantage of all those amenities, they want everyone to be provided for, and that includes everyone, including those that are living in the tents along the lakefront. Housing has to be first and foremost, and then providing wraparound services that folks need, including health care, which should include mental health supports. And in that way, we're all safer. We have to get to the root causes and work together across um, all different sectors, including government agencies at the federal, state, and local levels, block clubs, chambers of commerce, schools, students, young people, no matter what your citizenship status is, you know, we all live here, no matter who you love, your identity, we can work together to get things done and also to make it better, not only for our neighborhoods, but also for the city of Chicago. Not, not ironically, your, your, your predecessor was chair of the housing committee. So clearly that has been an interest up there uh, for some time. Uh, Ronnie Mosley, uh, uh, talk about what, what your people are sending you to do. Yeah, making sure that the 21st Ward thrives. Uh, this is a community I was born and raised in. Um, I was educated here both uh, for elementary school and high school. And so this is first an opportunity that I get to repay that investment back to my community that invested in me. He told me to go out, learn the best, bring it back. And that's what I've been doing since I was 14 years old. Um, but when we talk about the 21st being uh, a place where you can, a great place to live, work and play, um, we have an opportunity with a lot of investments that are coming to our communities that we haven't seen in such a long time. Um, we have the Red Line Extension, two stops there. We have part of the Roseland Medical District. We have the the, the Halsted uh, Bus Quarter and Improvement Transportation Improvement Project, Major Taylor Trail. Um, these are things that I, I think I can really use to make the 21st Ward arguably the greatest ward in the city of Chicago. We're going to get a lot of those claims during the year, <laughs> but and and you know what? It, wouldn't it be great if all of them were true? Uh, yeah. Bill Conway, uh, what well, what, maybe, your, maybe what have you been sent to do? Be tied for first with uh, the twenty first then and the forty. <laughs> but uh, you know, in, in our in our central business district and our thriving communities nearby, you know the the number one issue that we heard about was public safety, uh, and have. Certainly been in touch with our police commanders to include our UIC police commander to say, hey, what resources can we get you to help you fight and and deter crime? And, and what can we do regarding the root causes of crime, uh, you know, regarding homelessness and, and job growth and, and mental health? And then also hearing about, you know, 
there have been our ward was part of so many different wards. There is confusion about where to go for constituent services. So we need to get that, you know, that straightened out. A lot of concern regarding regarding development, certainly in the loop, as well as uh, as well as say the West Loop nearby. And on both sides, really just really need to make sure that we're focused on community concerns and that the infrastructure keeps up, you know, keeps up with uh, with the growth. And like uh, Alderman Mosley said, you know, have concerns on transportation as well. You know, Union Station happens to be happens to be in the 34th Ward. A lot of the L stops nearby, lots of bike lanes, lots of bus lanes, a lot of vehicle traffic. And how can we and how can we best uh, best manage that? You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about the new Chicago City Council with three new city council members. In the order of wards, Alderman-elect Ronnie Mosley of the 21st Ward, Bill Conway of the 34th Ward, and Lenny Manah Hoppenworth of the 48th Ward. Well, let's talk about the issue that was the highest priority for most of the voters in the city at one point or another during this campaign, and that is public safety. But if there's anything that the last several years showed us, it is that even with the best intentions, it's hard to deal with the kinds of violence and disregard for human life we're seeing. Um, Bill Conway, I want you to continue the thought that you, you started there because you come into this with a prosecutor's eye. Um, you touched on it, but what are the things that the council and the mayor need to do uh, from your perspective to make the streets safe and the neighborhoods safer? Yeah, you know, I think our our police officers have to, you know, have to have the resources they need to to fight crime, and that's true from an equipment perspective as well as a as well as a staffing perspective. And as we begin to look at what what should really be the priority of the of the new superintendent, really someone who has embraced a a a community policing model that has proven itself to be successful in Los Angeles and and uh, and New York as well, but we can't pretend that police officers can solve you know all the world's problems, and really need to be focused on those root causes of crime to include to include homelessness and 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 job growth and and mental health and and housing as well. And you know we have to you know put those things uh, put those things in perspective as we make Chicago a safer and stronger city. Ronnie Mosley, I saw you nodding uh, when he started talking about the things beyond just police that need to be done. What are your feelings about how the city, uh, as as an entity, needs to confront this? Yes, I, I believe police are overburdened. We've looked to them for a lot of solutions, and that has gotten away a bit from just the, the work of policing. Um, I, when we talk about the mental health aspect that's there, you know, I believe the same way that we can call 911 and get an EMT, get a firefighter, get a police officer, we should also be able to get a mental health specialist. And uh, those specialists should stay with the experts, the professionals, and be dispatched from the Chicago Department of Public Health. Uh, I think if we do things like that, we allow police to get back to community policing, which I've heard from businesses and residents alike, that when they know their beat officer, um, things, uh, they, they feel safe. There's an aspect of the, just that knowledge of, hey, I know that 
student that is not in school or um, if I'm having a problem in my store, I know who I can call. And that's the type of policing that uh, our communities are calling for. Um, but then also, you know, nothing stops crime like like a job. And so I'm heavily invested in making sure that we have the workforce development in our ward um, to reduce crime, but to also make sure that we can capitalize on those investments that are coming to the 21st ward. I think okay. Alderman Mosley and I said the exact same thing, but his was way more eloquent. So can I just kind of adopt his answer? <laughs> <laughs> Lenny, uh, what, what, what is your answer to, to crime? And, and what should this, I mean, and what should the cities be? I think far too often we we point to the youth and say that they are the problem when quite often they have the solutions. And I'm inspired by folks like the Good Kids Mad City group that have proposed ordinances such as the Peace Book Ordinance, which is basically the opposite of the gang database, which is basically a roadmap towards job opportunities real job opportunities for our youth, and not only on the South and West side, but throughout Chicagoland, it's a real citywide strategy. And we really need that right now. We need leadership, superintendent and a mayor that can point us all in the same direction. And so that our police officers understand how they can serve and protect us and have a higher morale so that they can do their jobs and that the communities can feel safe with the presence of officers in, in the communities. And, and in the 20th and 24th districts here in the 48th Ward, we're doing that with, with um, you know, CAPS nights and also with um, night outs, with our, our youth um, opportunities like learning how to play golf um, together so that, that they can know each other in, uh, in more social ways and being integrated into daily activities too, so that they're, they're, they're not just there when something is reactive. How is it that they can be a part of the community and, um, and all of us can understand the role of a police officer in the community? And what our roles are, are too. Uh, this is also a very historic time for us in Chicago with the new ECPS, Empowering Communities for Public Safety, um, and uh, Police District Council. So we're getting six in the 48th Ward, three in the 20th District, and three in the 24th District. And I'm interested in, and I'm, I want to provide opportunities and spaces for us to come together to talk about what real safety look, looks, sounds, and feels like in our community and across the city with that council. I have to jump in and say like, we need an office of, of violence prevention. I know there's a coordinated effort right now, a committee, but it's someone who, you know, state experience regulating cannabis, dealing with 14 different agencies. There, each agency has its own goals and priorities and um, it's hard to constantly center it back uh, on, on violence uh, uh, prevention and so forth. When you have so many competing interests, this has to be a standalone office with its own budget, with uh, recommendations and from citizens and experts alike, so that we can honestly prioritize violence reduction in our community. And that is something that has been talked about here, and uh, uh, obviously that can, conversation is going to continue. I do want to turn uh, to development, especially because of what you brought up earlier, Ronnie, and that is uh, it is a prime example of the kind of challenges that the city is facing 
you know, people are coming back downtown. Uh, the, the, the trains from the suburbs are crowded more than they used to be uh, post-pandemic, but a lot aren't. A lot of businesses scaling back. And Walmart is exactly the, the kind of example we're talking about where they're closing stores after fighting for years to get, I mean, I remember the debates about whether Walmart should be allowed in. And Walmart came in and said, we're here to stay. And now they're not. Uh, what, what does the city need to do to hold development, to attract and hold development? Ronnie? The closure and the way that it was done or being done alone uh, is just disrespectful uh, to the community. Um, there was no input or involvement from the community. And that's unacceptable. And I think that is why there's been a strong push for community benefit agreements uh, when new development wants to come in. It's a way to ensure that whenever that relationship comes to an end, if it should, that both the corporation and the community feels like it's been a win-win for both. Lenny, what what, uh, what uh, do you feel about the development? And I, you know, I don't know how things are going in the in the 48th, but uh, I know it's an issue there too. So the 48th ward includes right now the red, uh, purple, purple red modernization. It's the first time in a hundred years that our um, L-tracks are getting an upgrade. And so that is happening right now. And it's really had a, an impact on our small businesses and our communities. And I know that the city is committed to the Connected Communities Ordinance and Equitable Transit Oriented Development. So as development is happening around transit, we need to think about how is affordable housing being included? How are we being inclusive for accessibility? Uh, how are we making our spaces more green and sustainable for the future of our children? Okay, and Bill Conway. You know, I'd like to, like to you know, echo, um, you know, echo what Alderman Mosley said about Walmart. So, you know, my mother uh, lives in the 44th Ward. She shops at that Walmart on Broadway. Um, and, you know, if she's a, actually, if I say her age, she's going to get in, get me in trouble. But nonetheless, <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, she 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 walks there and at, at her age, that's not that easy of a thing to do. And the fact that now they're just pulling the plug, hey, we're closing next week. That's just not something that is right, that is right to do to a community. And actually reminds me of something that happened to me in the military. I was in I was in Qatar at this base that had um, eleven thousand American troops, and suddenly the food service operation just had to get up and leave. And suddenly we had eleven thousand American troops that couldn't, and we had to find a way to get these get these off base accesses. We can go into Doha to like buy a ton of shawarma to do that, and we were you know, a military logistical operation. This was a very difficult thing to do. And now the fact that that places all over the city and certainly and certainly notably in the 21st war that have to try and pull something together like that is just uh, shameful with no notice. And we only have a couple of minutes left, so I, but I do want to at least raise one issue that obviously was a big issue. I don't know how big it is for you. The, the city council already has voted to adopt new rules and committee structures. Um, the aim is to become more independent uh, in a deliberative body. Uh, some called it a power grab. How do you, and this is kind of a jump ball, whoever wants to jump in on this. How do you feel about this happening before you get there? And is it a, as big a deal that we, as we are making it, the reporters? 
And they way bigger <laughs> issues to face to deliver on a, again an improved quality of life that Chicagoans are expecting us to do. You know, I, I don't think that we can um, delay that progress in any way, um, folks. This this election for them meant so much, and each election is an opportunity to restore hope, and um, that hope is only solidified based off of the results that we put forward. Bill, do you have any strong feelings about yeah, it? I would say it is it's long overdue for for city council to assert some some independence. Uh, most other cities have adopted a similar thing where, where city council governs itself to be a co-equal branch of government. It's a long overdue for city council for city council to do the same. I do think it is a bit strange that the previous term is is creating the committee chairs for the next term, but I can't point to any one of them on that on that slate that um you know seems unqualified or anything like that so i know we are going to re-vote on it we'll, and we'll see you know we'll see how that how that goes from there lenny how do you feel yeah i i agree with both ronnie and bill i mean the the center of our office it has to be constituent services but in chicago and across the nation you know the way that our government is structured is such that whoever is in that leadership position has the ability to roll back our protections. And so it matters who sits in those seats. And also in the way that we're structured in Chicago, it's always been the mayor rules, the mayor's agenda, and the city council follows. And so with a new city council coming in now with all these diverse voices, we have a chance to really poke at our structures and say, is this the way that that works best for our people? Is our government working best for our people? And I think having independence is 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 going to be a key, but also it has to be through transparency. Thank you, all three of you. That was uh, Lenny Manah, Hoppenworth, Ronnie Mosley, and Bill Conway all have spent time with us. Congratulations and best of luck to all of you and see you soon. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.